Welcome to CBO Speaks, the official podcast of the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO Susan Wheeler Johnston, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission for this podcast is to ask chief business officers to reflect on their careers, share personal examples of the ways they have navigated challenging situations, and offer some lessons that they've learned from their experience as a CBO. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I'm very excited to be joined today by Leslie Brunelli, Senior Vice Chancellor for Business and Financial Affairs and University Treasurer at the University of Denver. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate it. Well, we have all learned so much about flexibility so far in 2020, suffice it to say. Uh, If you could go back to this time last year and teach yourself just one thing, Leslie, what would that thing be? Oh, I would have definitely decided to be more flexible about just about everything that we do (laughs) at the university. Um, I think that we have such rigid structures and rigid policies and procedures that don't allow for change quickly. Um, I would certainly give myself the opportunity to be more flexible both with myself and with the staff that reports to me and just about every aspect of, of the university operation. That's a great answer. I'm sure uh, that's a lesson we could all <laughs> take under yeah. advisement. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of months alone, Leslie, what would you say is one noticeable way that you've changed the way that you lead as a CBO? I am definitely in contact more with my staff, um, even though we work on the same campus and we spend time together each week. It is much more thoughtful and meaningful now to reach out to somebody via Zoom, particularly those employees who are working from home and have different challenges they're dealing with, to be thoughtful and to plan to reach out and to do it um, on a consistent basis to make sure that they're still integrated in the campus. Um, I've had the fortunate opportunity to be on campus just about every day during the, the shutdown, and that is disconnecting to some folks to not be here. And this is a way to reach out to them and and keep them part of the community. Um, Well, shifting gears a a little bit, um, when we think about maybe the next generation of higher education leadership, how do you think that current CBOs can best prepare or develop that next generation? And particularly when considering the growing desire to diversify the field? Um, We're at a pivotal time as a nation struggling with these appalling acts of violence and systemic racism that's been directed at Black people and other minorities and marginalized populations. Our institutions have work to do to strengthen diversity, equity, and inclusion principles, and that includes our business offices. The ability for us to share information, to seek different input, and be creative is key to navigating what will be a new higher education business model. Representation at the table is important. Transparency and honesty with data and striving to demystify financial information, noticing within the university those that have put in time and effort to understand and ask questions, but to look at data differently and use it to make decisions. In 2016, our Associate Vice Chancellor for Facilities, Maintenance, and Planning identified that DU did not have a program to support women, minority, and veterans, small businesses for capital construction. 
With planning for more than $100 million in new construction, he made it a priority to ensure this oversight was corrected and required our contractors to set and exceed a goal of 15% for utilizing diverse businesses. The most recently completed project prior to this effort was an under 1% diverse business utilization. And fortunately for us, with these three most recent projects, our new construction utilized diverse businesses more than $30 million or 27%. This was a, a small effort on our part, and yet it had such a huge impact on our institution and our community. Let's talk a little bit, not only to our CBO listeners, but also to any listeners who might be considering a CBO role as their next career move. Leslie, what would you say are the top three skills or attributes that are most crucial for CBOs in today's higher education landscape? You know, CBOs do so many different things and cross the spectrum across the university. Um, I would say the most three, uh, the three most important things for me were accountability, being able to tell a story and being present in the moment. Um, With accountability, you know, we have a tremendous responsibility to direct the use of resources to advance our institutions, and that's time, it's money, it's our facilities. We have to behave in a responsible and ethical manner. We have to develop and support a sound system of internal controls. We have to build a culture across our department that makes it clear that we are the ones who will be held accountable. We let the campus know that they can trust our information and that we stand behind our word. Our two universities all tend to be siloed, even within our own divisions, and it's important that we foster a sense of community and a sense of trust so that our work is taken seriously. Telling a story is really important for me. I think that many of our constituencies find financial information mystifying, and it's our job to make that seem less complex and more accessible. We don't expect that our faculty, our staff, and our students, even our board members, to have a mastery of our business operation, and that's okay because that's what we do. But the operating budget, how our capital projects are financed, how the endowment really works, uh, what our financial statements are telling us about the financial health of the university, these are important concepts, and the ability to talk with different constituencies and be transparent, answer their questions, is important. Telling the financial story is a a way of level setting. We don't need that to be a black box. And then finally, I would say being present. Um, CBA roles are not nine to five jobs. They're not 40 hours a week. I'm fortunate to be surrounded by a great team. Even having fantastic staff supporting, we still have to be available to the chancellor, to other senior administrators, and to our board members. That means that my to-do list might wait when I'm responding to others. You have to be seen on campus in student events, in athletic events, in performing of arts events. When I first arrived, I had the benefit of spending a great deal of time making sure that I visited every facility and actually putting my foot in every building and walking through them. Being seen on the campus is important. And probably the hardest for me with being present is to all is to be authentically present, not on a cell phone and not multitasking. That last one's a challenging one for us all, I think. Leslie, do you have any stories that stand out when you think about maybe how you develop some of those skills over the course of your career so far? Yeah. Back in 2017, I was at another institution and I was involved in what was a long and sometimes painful ERP implementation. With more than 20 years of experience, I knew that I was burning out and not doing my best at work or at home. 
and I made plans with the senior administration and the president to actually take a pause from campus and leave for three weeks. And I enrolled in an immersive yoga teacher training workshop in another state. Wow. Yeah, that three-week period gave me space to unplug and refocus and do something unrelated to my day-to-day work. And that intensive work on myself helped me develop a mindfulness and meditation practice and set priorities for the next few years, which ultimately led to my pursuing another higher education CBO opportunity. That's very specific to me, and it's not for everyone, but for me, it was very transformative. Well, in every higher education institution, the role of CBO is a little bit different and unique. So would you tell us what you feel makes your role at your campus special or different? Sure. Unlike my previous institution, the budget office is not within my portfolio at the University of Denver. Mm. It rolls up to the provost instead. And because I've previously been a budget director, that's a difficult step for me to not have that responsibility. But since I've been here in Denver just over a year now, not having this as my focus has allowed my calendar to be flexible to spend more time on other aspects of the operation, including facilities, including campus safety. Fortunately, I've been a partner with the provost and working through the budget in this very difficult year and post-COVID. Likely the most important relationship on many campuses is that between the CBO and the provost, and we've been able to really foster a good working relationship. Okay, now the the question of the show that everyone loves. Thinking Uh back on your career, Leslie, would you tell us what you consider (laughs) to be your most fabulous failure or maybe just something you've learned from and what maybe you learned from that and lessons you can share with somebody else? Yeah, many of us uh, who have been in these roles have ERP war stories. (laughs) Um, I was involved in the unwinding of a very archaic COBOL-based legacy system at my previous institution. And unfortunately, no amount of planning or resources was enough to cover what we did not know was inside the architecture of the system. We unfortunately did not plan the budget or the time well and weren't candid about how much it would really cost and frankly tried to implement a new system a little bit on the cheap. Inevitably, we unfortunately overtaxed our working staff. We delayed the project and had reconciliation and functional problems until all the kinks were worked out. We were fortunate to be able to bring it through to completion, but not without a lot of bumps in the road and a lot of apologies and and long time spending um, making that happen. So I would say knowing that this was a project that was inevitably going to be uh, difficult, we possibly made it more so. That's a great example, and I'm sure one that many can relate to. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. (laughs) We really appreciate you sharing just a few of your insights and experience with our listeners today. Thank you, Megan. You can find out more about Leslie and today's episode by visiting the education section, then click podcasts of nakubo.org. Make sure you also subscribe to CBO Speaks and Apple Podcasts so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Leslie and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. CBO Speaks.